What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Trap Podcast. I am your host, Bill Botch. It is Wednesday, October 18th at 6.15 p.m. And we are here with my father, Bill Sr., who's also on the podcast live from Florida. So um, my dad came to the first three home games with me and then went home uh, after the game Monday night, slept for two and a half hours, and then drove 18 hours straight through to his home in Jupiter, Florida. Dangerous, possibly. Um, Possibly, but the adrenaline was flying. You know, from the game, I was I was a little pumped up, a little angry, a little road rage going on there. Oh, geez. The Devils would have won. It would have made it an easier drive. Yeah, you know, my, my dad gets really into the games. Um, and I guess that's like kind of the beauty, beauty of being retired and stuff is like you, you could really dive into some. You're very emotionally invested into this at this point. Uh, which makes it fun to go to with, unless they're losing, and um, <laughs> and it can be very, very, very difficult to sit next to. Um, but either way, yeah, we had a great time, and um, I'm glad that you made it down to Florida in one piece, despite having a a scare. I was actually going to call you and not tell you that you were on the podcast and just have it recording while you were driving down. Oh, really? Yeah. But um, it didn't really work out. I left my computer at work. And um, and here we are. I mean, we'll jump right into it. The Devils had a very disappointing performance on Monday night. It was, it was a, you know, they made it a point to talk about how they needed to get off to a fast start and that they couldn't afford to give up easy goals in the beginning of a game. Um, to a team like they did in Arizona with, with the Arizona game. Um, they had to start on time. Ruff talked about it. The players talked about it. And they were nowhere to be found. It was it was quite ugly, to say the least. They ended up giving up four unanswered goals. Uh, it was 4 nothing in the third period. But there was just all kinds of breakdowns going on. Um, you know, Lindy Ruff decided to go to the blender, which rightfully so I think he needed to do. Um, And, you know, on the last episode, we talked about Lindy Ruff and job security. And if you're going to have all these talented players, you know, if if it's, you know, if you have a Ferrari, you got to drive it fast and blah, blah, blah. And all of that is true. But at some point it comes down to execution and it comes down to will and the heart of the of the team and the guys out on the ice. It's very easy for a fan base to blame a head coach. Like that's that's been going on for years. It's like it's a lot easier for upper management to replace the coach and use him as a scapegoat rather than start moving players and try to rebuild a team. Um, and Ruff's not going anywhere. They just signed him to a multi-year deal. Uh, I think that he's actually handled most of the personnel decisions pretty good up to this point, but something needs to be done. Something needs to be done quickly. And the first player that we'll talk about, which Ruff 
used as an example was Timo Meyer. And Timo Meyer didn't play in the third period of the game. He gets benched. This is a guy you just paid $8.75 million for. And he's riding the pine. And rightfully so, because he's been awful. Uh, he doesn't, you know, one of the things I'm like the biggest Timo fan. I'm the biggest Nico fan. I like guys that play physical, old school, two way hockey and pay attention to detail and whatnot. And Meyer has not been physical at all. And it's like, there's other ways to affect the game besides getting on the score sheet. And recently Meyer has had some serious problems blending in with somewhere on the roster, finding his spot on the roster. This goes back to last year when we picked him up, we played him with Jack, we played him with Nico and to be honest, like he played best when he played on the third line. And that's because I think it's just more North and South and he gets to be the focus of the line and try to drive play and plays with the puck on his stick a lot more. But after you sign him to this long deal, you're hoping that he's going to have a little chemistry. He's going to find some chemistry during training camp and you'd eventually find a spot for him in your top six but it, it's not looking too hot for Timo right now. And to see Ruff bench him was, I mean, yeah, I, think I, think, he, I think it really I think he benched him because he took two penalties. He took two penalties and we got scored on. Um, well, it, it was, yeah, he did. He took, he took the penalties and, you know, it'd be one thing if you were contributing and involved in the game absolutely. a lot and you took penalties but his play has been extremely poor. Um, and what I liked about it was, you know, they came out and they did. They they addressed it. Um, but what have you, I mean, it, anybody that's watching the games knows the deal. You haven't seen anything out of Timo yet. No, and I don't think that we saw, saw a lot last year until we hit the playoffs. Um, we know what he is and and if you if you look at what they're saying uh you know reading online and stuff like that they're saying oh well typically he doesn't start scoring until his you know third to sixth game and yada 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 but i mean what did he have he had one shot he had one shot on goal uh, that that line plot nico had no shots on goal they had two yeah. shots on goal, that line. Yeah, I mean, so just to pull up his previous stats, like it's not yada, yada, yada. It is actually the truth. I think it might take him a little time to get up and going because over the past three seasons now, um, it's taken him 11 games. In 2020, it took him 11 games. In 2019, he had two points in six games and he scored his first goal in his sixth game. Um and he didn't. He scored. He scored forty goals last season. He was over forty goals, and he didn't score until his tenth game of the year. So, and that was only his third point of the season. So he had three points total points in his first ten games last season. He should meet up with Jasper Bratt and uh, in the off season and practice with him. Um, I think getting off to a slow start has a lot to do with what you're doing in the off season. That's just. I guess of mine for what it's worth. I love your guesses, dad. I love them. Well, you know what? Hey, it's a, if you're, you know, you get off to a start like that, it's like, God, you're, you're not, you're not in shape. You're not working hard enough. You're not, you know, 
I th- I don't think being in shape is Timo's problem at all. Um, I, he's the guy's like a built like a. No, I'm talking about oh. game shape. Game shape. Yeah, I mean, and that's what you have training camp for. And like, I don't know. It just might be like a confidence thing, even to where you know how like players get traded and then they come over or they'll sign with a new team or for in this instance a player signs a big contract and he has a lot of pressure on him to to succeed i mean we've seen it time and time again how many times have you seen a player hold out for instance like a william nylander he held out and that draws a lot of attention to you you know like even uh you know jesper bratt could have been a good example of it to where you have really high expectations. You kind of made yourself a mark because you you demanded to be paid like a premium player, and now you have to perform like one, and sometimes that might be difficult. But this seems to be like uh, a trend that we're seeing with Timo Meyer um, that has happened in San Jose, and, you know, pretty uh, it's happened pretty frequently. You know, it seems to be something that that this is the way that you know his season goes um but we we need him to start we needed him to start improving and start making a difference right now so you get into his comments that he he brought out and i thought he handled the situation really good you know what i mean so um this is on meyer sitting in the third period he said i knew what happened me and lindy talked we both had the same view shit happens the sun came up again this morning. It's a new day. You go out, you work as hard as you can. What's in the past is in the past, and you look forward. And I thought that was a really good way to to look at it. I mean, he's been a superstar everywhere he's ever played. I mean, think about when do you think the last time he got benched was? I don't know. I don't know. That would be it's hard, Probably right? a really long time. It was probably if a, it's very, ever happened. a very long time ago. You know what I mean? And I think that... It set, I think that he knows too that he can't take stupid penalties, but I also, I think it holds everybody, everyone's going to be held accountable. And that's one of the things that I had brought up on previous episodes about, I I like Lindy Ruff and I like how Lindy Ruff would call out the young players for making mistakes or sometimes you have to sit or like he's been very critical of Holtz. But I also, I if you want to keep everyone accountable, then make everyone accountable. And that was the problem I had with Brendan Smith. I thought Brendan Smith used to take too many penalties and he would really stick up for him to the grave. And it's like, I like the, I like a coach that, you know, the devils are in a diff- different situation now than they were in previous years to where now they're actually trying to win a championship. So players have to be held to a different standard and you're not going to get to, you're not going to make it to the Stanley Cup finals or win a Stanley Cup if you you're going to there's going to be growing pains and people are going to mis- make mistakes but if you don't show up to play and you look like you're not giving the effort for multiple nights in a row regardless of who you are you should sit back and let the other guys get out there and get after it and i think it sets the tone for the team moving forward and if you're going to do that in the third game of the season, hopefully this is the last time, this is the last that we see of it. And I think this could be a good learning experience for a young team who has expectations on them that they've never seen before. So um, hopefully we don't see it anymore. Um, but, you know, one of the things that he also said, and this is a direct quote from 
from Timo was, you know, we know we're capable of more. We know the support we have from the fans. They have very high expectations of us, but so do we. We have high expectations of ourselves and we believe in our group here and we hope the fans believe in us too. And I, I have no doubt that Timo Meyer is going to come out on Friday night and really try to make it a point to impress and make his um, presence felt on the ice when they head into Long Island. Um, you know, Ruff, Ruff had the guys, it was a bag skate at practice. And like, that's something that you, you don't really see too much anymore. That's something that's like a, that's like a Tortorella move where he had the guys just doing laps and, it's like if you're not going to work in the game and you're not in shape to play, then we are going to bag skate you. And it's it was very uh, Herb Brooks' miracle of him. I like that. I like to, that. I would have been out there with the whistle if I was there. <laughs> well, he was out there with the whistle. so I know. Um, I would have loved to have been there because I was pretty pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't directly after the game. I think some of the fans would have stuck around and watched them skate after oh, the game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think like they – they let the game get away from them and they played better in the third period, but I, that's not a moral victory. And no, and no. you have to remember like Florida played without Ekblad and Montour on their back end. Right. That was a makeshift defense to where that is not even, that wasn't even an iceable defense that they had out there. They had, they had, um, uh, Mikola, it was, it was, it was like n- not even serviceable. So right. it's like, yeah, you had a four goal lead in the third period and you gave up three goals and the devil's definitely put some pressure on them. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I tell you what, that was a trip. The Dawson Mercer play was a trip. Oh, for sure. It's for like, sure. you know, they call ticky tacky. This is, you know, this is the second. Just be consistent. This is the second one this week. So if you're a Giants fan, you stayed up for the end of that game. It was a very, uh, it showed a lot of guts. They went out and they played really hard. And they obviously, they played for their coach because he came from Buffalo. But with all the flags that you get in an NFL game, and then to not call a flag with zero seconds left on the clock on the last play of the game when he clearly was holding the guy's jersey, was holding Waller's jersey. It's like, what are we doing? You're calling tick-tack calls for literally 60 minutes on every other play. The entire game comes down to one play. It's a clear holding call. I understand you called the pass interference to play before, but it's like, that's a flag. That's a flag on any other day, on any other play. Um, so that was disappointing. And I'm not saying that the Devils would have came back and won if they would have had it, but they would have had a six on four for a pretty decent amount of time. And they did have all the momentum and Florida was clearly on the ropes. Like I said, they were missing two of their best, def- their two best defensemen. Um, there could have been an opportunity to try to come back, but either way, they didn't deserve to win the game. And we'll see what, we'll see what happens. I, you know, We'll get into it too. I mean, a guy that you would not expect. I mean, Ruff really went after the guys, and and I brought it up. I brought it up on the last podcast. I thought Marino did not play well versus Arizona, 
and he played bad. He did not play good versus um, versus the Panthers on Monday night. And he missed the optional skate that day. That doesn't mean anything. Well, sure it does. Sure it does. If you he, he hasn't he hasn't played good. He hasn't played real good. And you know, just calling. I'm not saying he's not a good player. I'm just calling it as it is. If you put if you put up a performance like you did against Arizona, you would you're gonna be you should be one of the guys out there skating. You should be one of the guys out there skating game day, even if it is optional, unless you're nursing a, a problem you know, an injury or something, I think you should be out there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know enough about that to, to, to just to be, I, if that's, if that's how you feel, like that's fine. Like, and, and I'm okay with that. I don't really know enough about that whole situation, how those optional skates work. I really don't think it's like 45 minutes to an hour that they're just skating around shooting pucks out there, stretching, I don't think they're not working on, I don't think they're working on. No, they're not working. They're not working on that stuff, but you're, you know, anytime on the ice, I, you're getting better. Yeah. So, you know, for Marino to get benched to me was another statement that Ruff was making. Um, and this is something that we've continued to bring up and it's like losing Severson and losing Graves. You're losing two of Graves, especially is really good defensively. Severson was able, it was serviceable defensively, but was able to transition the puck really well. If nothing else, I, I don't, I don't think that's debatable. Um, he would turn the puck over, but he, for the most part, he had a good outlet pass, a good first pass. And he, the devils don't have six defensemen. And that's a little scary to me because they're forced to play Brendan Smith. And here we're going to get into this is um, this is game score impacts, and this is everybody that played in the game on Monday night, besides Vitek Vanacek. But Brendan Smith was the lowest person out of everybody in the entire game. Ready? And then we're going to go up. So this is all Florida Panthers are involved in this situation too. You had Nate Bastion, John Marino, Timo Meyer, Lazar, Luke Hughes, Tyler Toffoli, Dawson Mercer. So we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The eight bottom players in the entire game were all devils. That's over... That's over makeshift guys who were brought in from the AHL and who were normally eighth, seventh, and eighth defensemen out there playing for Florida. I understand that Florida was in a must-win situation. They had dropped three in a row. They needed to come back and win a game, or they dropped two in a row. But the Devils were in a in a situation too where they had to really step up and show some character. That's a lot of that's some serious negative impact from a lot of people that you need. And the, pro- and the problem that I'm, that I'm seeing is, and I gave Smith the credit for the first two games. I thought he played pretty well. And I promise I'm not going to turn this into a Brendan Smith bashing because we, <laughs> we've already done this. And, and it's like, I'm not trying to, I'm not beating a dead horse, but I think that they're rostering him because he can play the penalty kill. Um, and you look at the expected goals for for Luke Hughes, he's at a 27.9% on 
when he's playing with Brendan Smith. They moved him up to play with Dougie, which obviously was the end of the game, and they were playing right. downhill, and they were and they were pushing play, no doubt about it. But it was a sixty-two point six nine. It's almost, you know, right. Give the guy a little talent to work. So with. you're you're affecting Luke Hughes's game as well. The the first, I think it was, it was either the first or the second goal that the Devils gave up was. Smith was out of position. The puck was being dumped to his side of the ice. He tried to whack it out of midair. It literally, like, if you put my wife on the ice and you asked her to try to go after that puck, like, what she would have done. She just tried to, like, he tried to, like, smack it out of midair. It was, it, was a, it was a play that was, he was so far out of position. And then it was the, the risk-reward was so ridiculous. Right. Right. A normal defenseman would have got down on one knee and tried to get their body in Put front of it. Put his body in front of it. That's exactly and, what we said when and, it happened. And he literally, I mean, they went right around him and it and ended up going top shelf on VTech, who he struggled in the game as well. He, the game was not VTech's fault, but he did not make any big saves that really kept them in the game. Um, he seemed to fight the puck for pretty much most of the night. He did make some good saves, but he he did not look sharp now here's the thing with with smith i i don't think this is going to this is going to get ugly because i don't like i don't like the way that this lineup looks right now with Halla being out no not at <laughs> all even even with uh, mikey mcleod playing as good as he has played that, you know, throw them in a blender, call it whatever you want, but this doesn't look good. So, look good. all right, here. So here's my concern. So they bench Lazar, and I think that they bench Lazar based upon the fact that, and he, this is what he said, that the team was down by four goals. They needed to score some goals, and he's not the guy that right. you're going to throw on the ice if you're, if you're trying, if you're trailing, you know what I mean? So let's, right. let's just scratch the, the Lazar benching. And let's just say it was he was a he was a victim of circumstances. I, I don't think he played bad, um, but you get into these line combos. So Halla is not a spring chicken. He's thirty two years old. He came into camp injured, and has now. I think he battled through the first couple games to play on opening night. Uh, you know, he was a game time decision or he was questionable going into opening night and now he hasn't practiced again and we just signed him for two years. Uh, this seems like it's like a lingering problem and right. they say you it should upper body. Should, yeah. And, and you gotta, you gotta let a guy get, you know, heal having him play at 80% or 75%. I don't think that's I don't think that's a good good philosophy. Yeah, I mean he had the goal the other night, but besides that, I mean, and this isn't this is nothing against Eric Halla. I'm saying the team has not really looked so great. So, um, but I had like Holtz playing on the third line, if that means anything. I think Holtz has been a bright spot. He hasn't scored yet. He has a no. He has no points. Um, and speaking of no points, you get into Nico doesn't have a point, Timo doesn't have a point, Mercer doesn't have a point, Holtz doesn't have a point. 
Right. How bad is that? That's pretty bad. Nico and Mercer didn't have a shot. They didn't have a shot on goal, and both of them ate up 18 minutes worth of uh, ice time. So this is my concern. My concern is Halla is injured, and it could be something that we have to let him rest, and this is going to take some time. This feels like last year. This feels like we don't have a third line because what I'm looking at right now, and they did, they switched all the lines up. And I think the, you know, so here's the lines. It's right now they have, they have Timo, Hughes, and Mercer. They have Toffoli, Heischer, and Bratt. And I think what they're trying to do is Bratt and Jack are going right now. So you want to split them up and you want to try to get Nico and you want to try to get Timo going. Would you agree with that? That's well, that's what, that's what they're saying that they're doing, yes. Okay. Well, who's saying that? That's what Ruff said today at practice, that that's what he's doing. Okay. He's, he's you know, he's trying to get the other guy started by breaking up Brat and Hughes. Okay. I've You know that I, and if you've listened to this podcast before, I'm a big fan of Brat and Nico on the same line. Now, to me, Brat has been the best player on the team so far. He looks faster. He looks stronger. He's playing with urgency and passion. And he looks like he's been our best player. And Jack Hughes is not far behind him. He Jack Hughes is playing with a lot of speed. Um, and he's being extremely creative as he's, you know, he's always been and he's always going to be. But he looks like he's continuing to grow. Um, and I really like where his game is going too. So I have no problem breaking those two up to get some other guys going. We need Mercer going. We need Toffoli going. We need Meyer going. We need Heischer going. Those four in particular. This is what really terrifies me. The third line is Palat, McLeod, Holtz. They're doing it to Holtz again. They're doing this to Holtz again. So Palat, McLeod, that's checking line. That's get right. deep, dig for pucks, checking line. They're going to screw Holtz. They are going to screw Holtz. And Holtz is not going to fit in with that because that's definitely not his game. And they're going to end up working this fourth line with Tyranny, Lazar, and Bastion in with the third line, and they're going to run three lines. And Holtz is going to be the victim. Now, if it's me, I think you're better off putting Palat, McLeod, Meyer, Palat, McLeod, Mercer, and letting those guys all fight it out and grind for pucks and everything and putting Meyer, Hughes, Holtz. No? Yeah. No, I could see that. I could see why you would say that. Or you could put Toffoli on the third line and you could put Holtz, Heischer, Brett. But you're, what you're going to do is, like, the kid is not playing bad. He's not been one of the weak points. He's playing okay. And now you're going to screw him because you're putting him in, this, in a situation where he's going to fail. Right. Do you agree with that? No, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. And it's, you know, it, what a shame. It's, you know, three games into the season and all of a sudden it's, you know, 
it's like turn the team upside down. I mean, what we were doing in preseason, I know that you're not playing against all regular NHL players. Well, who would you play but, in um, your line? No, I'm I'm I don't have that in front of me. Let me yank it up. Let me pull it up. I was just, I was looking at it before, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me! This is this is we're we're starting this crap already." Um, I didn't like it. Um, the fact that we have to go to Tierney. Well, well, you have to play somebody because if Hall- no, I know, I know, I know. I, can I we can we, actually- can we can we reach across the pond and get uh, have an Ahu ac- across there? He seems to be lighting it up over there. He's got uh, a. Eight- good. Are you seriously asking if we could take him in for this season? No, uh, no, I'm not. I'm just saying that, that he's been a bright spot. He's eight goals in nine games. I actually don't have a problem. Like, I think Tierney is actually not so bad for a fourth line player. Like, yeah, he could play on a fourth line. That's why they didn't. That's why they didn't keep Nemitz is because they didn't want to let go of one of these fourth line players. So no six got to wearing a walking boot, so he's not going to be playing, right? But you're you're going to screw Holtz if you play him with Palat and McLeod. <laughs> that's just not. Yeah, I, I don't think. I sense. don't think. That's, so what would you do? So who would you drop? Would you drop Mercer to play with Palat, McLeod, and Mercer? To, I'm, I'm still trying to pull up this. Well, you, use your head. Think about it. I can't. I'm, I'm not that smart, Bill. I've been. I had a long long drive, and I'm. Uh, I have to, I have to, I need a visual on it. So let me pull it up right now. Mm-mm. Here you go. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, this is tough. You flip them with uh, Flip Holtz and Mercer. That's what you do. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I, I think- mean, Mercer, Mercer, Mercer had zero hits, zero shots on net, so he was definitely playing defensive the whole and, game. And Mercer can play on the third line. He and, can and absolutely. And, he, and then I would move Holtz up, and you give a Holtz a shot to play with with Hughes, and maybe he could set him up for a shot. Yeah, and- I wouldn't play. I wouldn't play him. You know, Holtz, I wouldn't play him with uh, Toffoli and, and uh, Heischer. Well, no. Only because Heischer hasn't been been playing, like, very good offensively. Um, I would put – I would definitely switch Holtz and, and Mercer on that. Okay. I would have Holtz playing with, with Timo and Hughes. Okay. And then you get to our back end, and, I mean, I think Siegenthaler, Hamilton – Pair has looked really good. Um, Ball has played well. Marino has had two tough games in a row. And then you have Smith and Hughes. You have Hughes playing on the opposite side. And this is where I think, what would you think of them doing 7 and 11? Doing 7 and 11. Yeah, so you're going to play Miller and you're going to get him involved. And then you could play Smith on the penalty kill and then you could take tyranny out or Lazar out either one, whoever you feel more comfortable with playing center. And then you can rotate through that fourth line. 
you could actually even use Brendan Smith on the fourth line if you needed to. Right, because they were they were double shifting. They were also they were double shifting Hughes the last game. Well, we were down by four goals. So you put your most no. yeah. So no, I I hear you. So like, you know, would you? Is it better off to get Miller some like reps and get him involved because Smith is just not going to. You're not going to be able to win with him. Like I, I don't think the Devils are going to get to where they think they could be and where their potential could be with Smith being a regular. He's not good enough to be our sixth defenseman. So do you play Miller? You run seven defensemen out. You play Miller. If there's a penalty kill, you got Brendan Smith go out and kill penalties, and then you could also have him play on the fourth line because he's played on he's played forward before. He's not really good Ruff, at either. So it's like Ruff, Ruff didn't sound like he was very like he was very high on on Miller because somebody had asked him yesterday after yesterday's practice. Um, they had asked him, "Are we ever going to see Colin Miller? Are we going to see him sometime?" And just it was just like a like yeah probably yeah. It, yeah it didn't sound it didn't sound like like yeah for sure i'm i don't know but i, I don't know either you, you i don't know play. why you would go out and get the guy and and not play him you have not to give play him, him a shot. at some point if smith is going to be this bad you know what was crazy was we had that the, the Nemitz hit where he got taken out by you know, with the glass right. board. And then the same right. exact thing happened to Holtz in the last game. It did. It did. Luckily, our boards are rounded. Are they rounded in the the AHL up in Utica? I'm not really sure. He's still day-to-day, but I don't know if you guys remember last oh, year. Oh, he didn't? He's not playing? No. Oh, wow. I don't That's know if you guys terrible. remember last year when the Devils were really talking about Timo and I yelled, uh, we want Timo during the national anthem. And they got some, they got some, uh, it went kind of viral online, but it might be time for a, we, we want Nemitz during the national anthem. I would, I would say it is time. I was going to yell, we want Arlette, but you know. Yeah, she's usually there. We got, <laughs> we, we got the earrings to Arlette. Um, so she's going to be rocking some handmade devil's earrings by, uh, my wife, the queen of the trap. But, um, Hey, I posted that, uh, I posted a thing today talking about, I think it's time for the devil's to change her goal song. Did you see that? I didn't. I've been, I don't care. I mean, just yes or no. It's not, I got, I got 38,000 views. Really? Yeah. And, and what were what were the best suggestions? So everybody is really still emotionally attached to rock and roll part two. The problem is that Gary Glitter obviously is a child molester. Yeah. And they don't, don't want to and they don't want to use his music in venues because he, they'd have to pay him. So one of the suggestions would is to have there's bands that cover that song and that's something that you could do. Um, but there was a lot of them. One of the things that some of the teams are doing now, I saw the Winnipeg Jets are doing it and the Buffalo Sabres are doing it is they're giving each player the option to pick their goal song when they score. That's pretty cool. It is, but 
there's like not as much of a team thing that's, you know what I mean? To where like when you, when they score, when your team scores, you're used to hearing a certain song, you know what I mean? Like, and you're right. You kind of miss out on that. It's not as, it's not as unified, but there is a little more character added for each player. Um, I just feel like, I, I feel like the song that we're, that we have now is just, I feel like it's a new era of devil's hockey where we should come up with something something else and it could be from a jersey band right now it's howl from gaslight anthem and they're from new jersey and that's really cool right and um you know not really what i listen to which is completely fine but i feel like there's an opportunity to do something really cool and i don't know what that is and i just put it up here some people really like the song uh some people are fighting over um israel and palestine due to this post <laughs> like i don't know what the fuck is going on what's wrong with people but um but yeah so that's uh that's something that got some attention today that i thought was pretty pretty funny um you know we went over the picks for billion dollar picks last week i was one and two and i was looking at the, the lineup for this week and you, you really only get a day ahead of schedule. So I can't look at the games on Friday or Saturday or anything because they don't know what the lineup's going to look like. But we're ready for billion dollar picks. All right. We're coming back with a force, Dad. Okay. Uncle Phil, I called him up. We did some research. And we got some winners for you. All right. All of these games are played tomorrow. The first one I got, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to play the Florida Panthers tomorrow in sunrise. Toronto is two and one. 14 goals for, 13 against. But that team is, I think that the, the Leafs are the real deal, and I do not believe in Florida at all. Uh, Florida has a minus three goals against differential. They only have eight goals on the season. I don't know if they have the fou- uh, firepower to keep up with Toronto, especially with Montour and Ekblad missing on the back end. So I'm taking the Toronto Maple Leafs at minus 125 on the road. Next up, we are going to Chile, Winnipeg. The Winnipeg Jets drew 11,000 people last night and the night before. These are the lowest attendance Winnipeg Jets games since the team moved back. That is not what you want to hear if you're a Jets fan. They have just signed Connor Hellebuck. They just signed Mark Shifley. Right. And... It did not work out well for the fans in Winnipeg the last time that they stopped showing up to games. So uh, tomorrow, it doesn't get any easier because the Stanley Cup champions are coming in and Vegas looks pretty damn good. They are 4-0. 15 goals for 5 against a plus 10 differential the best in the National Hockey League. Good luck with that, Winnipeg. 
I got Winnipeg. Uh, I got Vegas minus 118. I think those are really good odds, so I like that. And the final one of the night is the Colorado Avalanche, who look like they're back with a vengeance. They're the second highest goal differential in the league at a plus seven. They have 11 goals for and four against. They are 3-0. and oh, And they are at home. And this time, they are going to be going against the Chicago Blackhawks. I think the Blackhawks actually got off to a pretty respectable start at 2-2. Two and two. They have 11 goals for as well. But I don't know if they've seen a team like Colorado yet. Colorado might be the best team in the league. So I'm taking Colorado puck line, given a puck and a half. So Colorado to win by two, minus 148. And those are my picks of the week, billion-dollar picks. Now, we do have the Devils are going to be going to Long Island, their first game on the road. You wonder what they're going to look like playing on the road. Are they going to try to simplify things? Are they just going to play a more north-south game? Are they not going to try to be the Harlem Globetrotters? Are they just going to keep it simple? They know that they have to come out and work hard. What's funny is the fourth game of the year last year was versus the New York Islanders. The Devils got off to that 0-2 start. They ended up coming back and winning that game versus Anaheim, game three. But the fourth game that they, of the season was probably the best game they played the all year. The best game they played all and year it really, by far. And it really, you looked at this team and you said, oh, geez, like this is what this team could play like if they all things click. And you wonder what they're going to look like tomorrow or on Friday as they go to the island. What are your thoughts on the Islanders? So the Islanders are 2-0 and right now. They only have – they can't score. They have two right. goals four. Um, or they have four goals four. They only score two goals a game. The problem is they don't let up any goals either. Exactly. So Sorokin is incredible, arguably the best goaltender on the planet right now, and they play a very um, responsible, structured, defensive scheme. It's going to be hard for the Devils to – there's not going to be a lot of neutral ice. But if the Devils can net three, four goals, they have an advantage because the Islanders are not built to score. What are your thoughts no. on the game? I'm thinking sooner or later, our top guys got to start scoring some goals. You know, it can't just be Bratton and and Hughes scoring the goals. So I think that, that, I think that Nico, Dawson... Timo, Toffoli, I mean, we have these, we got these good players. I mean, I think that we're, we're going to have to, we're going to have to come back out. I also think that it's going to be, it's going to be exactly like last year. I think that, that we're going to, we're going to show up, finally show up. That was by far the most memorable for me, the most memorable game of the season last year. They played they dominated so well. I think they come back, do it again this year. It was a glorious time. So, I they mean, really I, I, uh, I think they're going to – they have a lot of pressure on them right now. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out and had a really strong showing. I am curious to see what happens with this lineup. I would hate to see Holt get shafted because of the situation that the team is in. And I am a little concerned about the longevity of this uh, lingering Eric Halla 
injury. If it's something that he needs to take care of, you have to wonder if it's better take off to just of do it now. But, you know, for a long stretch of last season and even into the playoffs, the Devils didn't have a third line. And I brought it up um, with Jeff from Devils Insider um, during the first intermission of the Devils game on Monday. And I said, you know what? Play my at this point, play Meyer on the third line and let him drive play and just say the whole line runs through you now. You know what I mean? Like, because that's where I think he feels most comfortable when like literally everything is on him. He's used to shooting the puck all the time. He's used to carrying the puck. He's used to deciding whether they're gonna throw the puck into the corner and then go crash after it and he's get in front of the net. Like maybe you let that third line run through Timo. I understand you want to get him going. I like the thought of him playing with Jack Hughes, but if that's the case. I'd prefer to see Mercer move down to the third line. He could play a very good checking role. He's a great two-way center. His idol was uh, Patrice Bergeron growing up. Give Holtz an opportunity to play with some skilled players because that's where you're going to get the most out of him. And it's like something, you know, I'm a big fan. I'm a big Giants fan. And like Bill Parcells always said it best when he said, like, play to your players' strengths. And I think you would be doing this kid a real disservice after playing a pretty solid three games, you know, out of all the players on the ice who we've been disappointed in, Alexander Holtz really isn't one of them. No, he's not. He's not. He's he showed up for every game. He's playing hard. He's getting physical. He's playing good along the boards. Let's reward the kid. You know, give him an opportunity to succeed. Let him build off of the solid performance he's had and then um, we'll take it from there. But you got anything else for him, Dad? I don't. I don't. Only the only I uh, the only thing I have is uh, we made a mis. I made a mistake uh, last week when you were talking about Pete Neldis, and I was I called it Manasquan Pizza only because the only reason why I go to Manasquan and I go to Squan Tavern, and those guys there, three generations Devil fans. They got the they got the flags hanging in there and a bunch of memorabilia. Fantastic pizza. So yeah, Squan Tavern. Squan Tavern. Yeah, Squan Tavern is pretty legendary. Great, great pizza. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's a couple cool places that we're gonna check out. Um, we're gonna try Krug's Tavern in Newark, and then we have uh, Kyle's gonna be coming in next week, and he's gonna catch the the Washington game, um, which is cool because it's the only game of the night. So there's gonna be uh, a lot of eyes on the Devils, and hopefully this is a good opportunity to you know if they bounce back on Friday. Then you get Montreal, who should be a beatable game. And then if you have everybody looking at you and you get on a little bit of a roll, and you play good on Wednesday night, you know, the team could very easily be 4-1-1 one, and one coming out of next Wednesday. So that's what we're going to hope for. In the meantime, uh, be sure to comment. Uh, be sure to comment and like and, and share the post and do all that. You've been listening to The Trap Podcast. My name is Bill Botch, and I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your week. Peace.
smile.